Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck and welcome to the word at my church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we've got a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and grab your Bible in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. By hearing its word and applying it by faith, it'll change my life. So I declare right now from this day forward that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare I'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever. In Jesus name. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, we thank you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching. Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord. Father God, Lord, that you've seen us again, once again, into a brand new year. And Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, we come with great expectation. Father God, of everything, Lord, that you are about to do in your kingdom. Father God, that you're going to use uh, use us to do. And Father God, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We bind every contrary spirit, every demonic force, anything that would attempt to hinder us from walking in and becoming that which you've declared for us. Father God, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we are, Lord, your instruments of change. Father God, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for our families. Father God, Lord, for our ministries. Father God, Lord, for the giftings. Father God, Lord, that you've placed within us. And Father God, Lord, we just declare now, Father God, that every soul, Lord, we come in contact with this year, Father God, shall have an encounter with you. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, Father God, through the blood of your son. And Father God, we just trust you, Lord, that this revelation today, Father God, this insight, this foresight, Lord, would make us better. Father God, speak through me, speak for we move me out of the way and do what you so desire in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you follow this ministry, then you know that I spent all of last year telling you that God wants to restore the church to a place of greater influence and impact because he's chosen us to be the change agents, his change agents in the earth. And I told you our job as believers is to be salt and light to change the flavor of the environment wherever we go, to influence those we come in contact with. But when we look at the world, things appear to be getting worse. We see believers behaving like non-believers. No one seems to have any regard for the Lord. And the church has become a byword. Well, Paul reminds us in his letter to Timothy that the, there, there will be perilous times in these last days. He said men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. But then he warns us to turn away from such people. See, the truth is time is getting short. But on last Sunday, Apostle Tony declared 
that God is changing the countenance of the church. He said he will show his goodness, show us his goodness. This would be a good season, a makeup season, a season of breakthrough. He said we would be equipped with new keys to the kingdom, supernatural kindness, goodness on a different dimension than we have ever seen. And that we will shine brighter than ever before. Now, I know some of you are thinking, Pastor, I've heard this kind of stuff before. We, we, we shout every year, but my life never changes. Year after year, things seem to stay the same. Well, that's because you fail to realize that God's promises are attached to his purpose. Oh, I believe you might want to write that down. God's promises are attached to his purpose. See, the Bible says, let them shout for joy who favor my righteous cause. So if you're not championing the cause of Christ, you have nothing to shout about. Oh, I know it's tight, but it's right. Remember, Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And that's why he declared that 2024 is the year of fixed purpose. As a matter of fact, open your Bibles with me this morning to Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs chapter four, beginning at verse 25. And I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. Proverbs chapter four, beginning at verse 25. And here it reads, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignore life's distractions. Here the proverb writer tells us to pay attention to the instructions that we've been given with intense focus and to be careful not to get distracted because if we're going to experience the goodness and supernatural kindness that God has spoken over our lives and see the church have the kind of influence and impact that he intended, it's now more important than ever for us to be a fixed purpose, to be intensely focused on our assignment. Somebody type in the comments, we've got to be locked in. Well, what is our purpose? What is our assignment? I told you, God has chosen us to be his change agents in the earth. And that means we represent God. As a matter of fact, turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And when you get there, look at verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Beginning at verse 17. And I'm reading this from the New King James Version of the text. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. 
Here he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Here, Paul tells us that if we have been born again, then everything about our lives should look like God and the assignment that he's given us. Uh, the mirror Bible says it this way. God brought final closure for us to see everything and everyone in this new light to simply see what God has always known to be true about us in Christ. Exactly what God believes. In Jesus Christ, God exchanged equivalent value to redeem us to himself. He went to the highest extreme in this act of reconciliation to persuade us of our original worth. This God has given us as the mandate of our ministry. See that word reconciliation means a mutual exchange of equal value to exchange as coins for others of equivalent value. Watch this. Contrary to popular opinion, this transaction was not to buy us back from the devil because a thief never becomes an owner. Oh, see, I, I know for years we've had the mindset that, 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 that when the Bible talks about being reconciled or, or, or God redeeming us, that that meant that he had to buy us back from the devil, but the devil never owned you. He only deceived us into accepting a false identity. So reconciliation was God redeeming our minds from the lies that we believed about ourselves. It is the bold unveiling of the value of the hidden treasure inside of us. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. He's given us the, the gospel. He's given us the way to persuade others of their value. But first, you've got to recognize your own. Mm. And then not only demonstrate that and then communicate that to someone else. Look at verse 20. He says, now then. We are ambassadors for Christ. See, an ambassador is a diplomatic official of the highest rank sent by a government 
or sovereign as his resident representative. And his assignment is to be a demonstration, a visible display of who that government is and to speak on its behalf. Watch this. One thing about an ambassador is that they are of fixed purpose. In other words, they are of singular focus. The ambassador to France is not over here running for office. They don't have a job at Target on the weekends. Their purpose is to represent France and to have influence and impact on behalf of the government that sent them. So as ambassadors for Christ, our sole purpose and primary focus should be representing Christ before the world. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. See, everything about our existence should be pleading to others on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God, to recognize their actual value, to recognize that they are who God believed they were from the beginning. He says in verse 21, he says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. See, as recipients of the righteousness of God, our only purpose is to simply help others see what God has always known to be true about them in Christ. By being a walking demonstration of who he said we were from the beginning. Oh, uh, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, from the very moment of creation, God said, let us make man in our image and let them have dominion. Then God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. So we were made for this. But if we desire to experience his supernatural kindness and influence, they have the influence and impact that he intended. We must be a fixed purpose. We can't get distracted by our life experience. Go over to Romans chapter eight, Romans chapter eight. Oh, I pray you're, you're, you're catching this Romans chapter eight. And when you get there, look at verse 28. Romans chapter eight, beginning at verse 28. And here he says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. 
for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. Here Paul confirms for us that our primary focus, purpose, what God intended for us from the very beginning is that we would look like him. So regardless of what takes place, we got one job, and that is to represent Christ. See, I, I don't care what you experience. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what they did to you. I don't care what they said to you. We've got one job, and that's to represent Christ. Because our purpose is to bring him glory. Well, Pastor, you, you don't understand what I'm going through. Well, God did, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. See, so regardless of what happens, it's for my good. It works together for the good. If I love God and I have an assignment of his purpose and I've been assigned to his purpose, watch this. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commands. So for those who obey God and have been assigned to his purpose, So those who have fixed purpose, those who are locked in on what their purpose is and refuse to get distracted by what's taking place, then everything is going to work out for your good. That's what he says here. Paul just confirmed that right there in the scripture. He confirms for us that our primary purpose, what God intended from the very beginning, is that regardless of what takes place, we're supposed to look like him. We're supposed to bring him glory. It says those he predestined or chose from the beginning. These he also called or had a purpose on assignment for. And those he called these he also justified or declared righteous. And those he justified, it says he also glorified. See, the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. See, when I am, when I obey him 
and I've been assigned to his purpose, then that means that he chose me, gave me an assignment, and he declared me righteous. And that means that in the end, it's going to be for my glory. So that means regardless of what takes place, it's going to work out for my good. Because God's going to get the glory out of it. As long as regardless of what happens, I represent Christ. The Passion Translation puts it this way. For he knew all about us before we were born. And he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest amongst a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. And that's why John tells us as Jesus is, so are we in this world. See, regardless of what takes place, we've got to remember, I'm just like Jesus. Was Jesus persecuted? Yes, he was. So, and how did he respond? Did he cuss folks out? No. Did he retaliate? No. He obeyed God. He did exactly what God said. Because he said, regardless of what they do to me, as long as I obey God and I fulfill the purpose that he has for me, as long as I'm a fixed purpose, I recognize that my purpose is to represent God. He said all the promises that he made, supernatural kindness, uncommon favor, all of that is attached to the, all those promises are attached to the purpose. The mirror Bible says this. He has always known us face to face and engineered us upon the mirror horizon of his faith to be jointly fashioned in the same mold and image of his son. We see the authentic pattern of our lives preserved in the incarnate one. He is the firstborn of the same womb that reveals our Genesis. Wow. See, at the end of the day, our lives are supposed to reflect Jesus. The Bible says the world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. They're looking for someone to show them who Jesus is. And that's our assignment. That's why we must be a fixed purpose. But that's hard, Pastor. Oh, really? Well, go over to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And let's see what Paul has to say about that. Romans chapter 12. And when you get there, look at verse 1. Now I'm going to read this to you from the Living Bible. Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. And here he says, 
And so, dear brothers, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living sacrifice, holy, the kind he can accept. When you think of what he's done for you, is this too much to ask? Here Paul makes it clear. If we consider the sacrifice, what Christ did for us on Calvary, remember he said, God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. Jesus incurred all of the wrath, all of the agony, all of the pain, all of the punishment for our sin and gave us all of the benefit of his righteousness. He says, so when you consider that is representing him such a big deal. Is that really an issue? As a matter of fact, go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. See, the problem is we allow this life we live, these circumstances, these light and momentary afflictions to get us distracted from our purpose. And that's why it's more important than ever for us to be a fixed purpose. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 14. Here he says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So here he says, if Jesus was willing to die for you, he didn't do it so that you could keep living for you. He took your place so that you could take his place. So if he took your place in death, you're supposed to take his place in life. So since he died for you, you're supposed to be living for him. Oh, you got to see it. Watch this. Now, I know in, in so much of this misguided theology that has been taught, we have taught this Monster God. Just come and get you, God. You're going to hell for that. You're going to hell for this. And he's going to get you. Well, if that's the case, then all of us should have been dead a long time ago. So as you were living, at some point, God would have said, nope, enough of that. 
But Jesus said, no. At whatever point that was in your journey. Jesus said, no, I'm going to take that. So you don't get to keep going because at that point. Your life would have been over. So you don't get to keep going. So from that point that he exchanged places with you. Your life is now supposed to be for him. I hope you see that. See, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, it's an exchange. I gave up my life of sin to receive this life of righteousness. See, once we accept the offer of salvation, our lives are no longer our own. Everything about our life should represent him. And if so, it will influence others. But if we're going to experience the goodness and supernatural kindness that God has spoken over our lives and see the church have the kind of influence and impact that he intended, we've got to be a fixed purpose. We've got to be intensely focused on our assignment which is to be conformed to the image of Christ. See, because just because you made that exchange doesn't mean that your life is going to look like him. We've got to be conformed to the image of Christ. Because the same way we got deformed into the image of the world, we have to now conform into the image of Christ. God said, be holy for I am holy. So we've got to make a, a conscious effort to every day represent Christ so that others can see him through us. So that others can find their way to him. So that we can show them I was once lost, but now I'm found. See, one of the issues with the church not having the influence and impact that it once had is because people are looking at the church and the church looks just like the world because we're not representing Christ. One of the reasons why the church is not seeing the promises of God is because we're not championing his purpose. But if we're going to experience the things that God has spoken over us and see the church have that influence and impact that he intended, we got to be a fixed purpose. We got to make up my mind that I am living for Christ. It doesn't matter what's going on. Doesn't matter how stressed I am. Doesn't matter how tired I am. Doesn't matter what issues show up. Doesn't matter how they treat me. Doesn't matter. It, it can't, we can't use excuses like, oh, they triggered me. Really? They triggered you. Well, what did he do for you? See, there should be no excuse for us. See, all of these things are simply distractions. 
because we're not fixed in our purpose. We're not focused on our assignment. And our assignment is to represent Christ. But once we make up our mind that that's how we're going to live, we're going to see a shift. We're going to see a shift like never before. People are going to desire what, what is it about your life? That's what's going to draw. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. If my image, my likeness, I'll draw all men. And that's why we've got to make up our mind. My focus is locked in and my purpose is fixed. Amen. God bless you today. I pray this word has blessed you. I pray that you spend some time figuring out where you've gotten distracted and what areas you got to make up some, make, make, make some changes. What areas that I, I start, you know, when, when, when you go into the bathroom and, and you look and you see your, your hair's out of place, you make adjustments. If your hair's all over your head, you'd be like, I, I don't even look like myself. You know, if you see something in your teeth, then you're like, let me get that. Because you know it doesn't look right. Well, that's the whole purpose. When we look at the image of Christ, and we're supposed to look like him, if we see something that does not match, we're supposed to conform. Because when we look like Christ, people are attracted and will have influence and impact. And we will not only be able to demonstrate, but communicate to them as if God were speaking with us, be reconciled unto God. Because he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. If you listen to this today and you're like, man, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so far away. I, I don't even know where to start. Well, the first place to start is you've got to accept Christ for yourself. You've got to recognize what God already knew about you from the beginning. And that's what he's trying to convince you of. That, that was the whole purpose of reconciliation. He wants you to see what he's already been known to be true about you in Christ. He wants to persuade you of your original worth. He wants you to recognize that the devil has deceived you into accepting a false identity. He wants to redeem your mind from the lies that you've believed about yourself. 
The devil's made you think that you're worthless, that you're some wretch, and that you have no business doing anything, and that you're always going to be this, you're always going to be that. God said, that's not how I made you. The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are a child of the king, the child of the most high. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. The problem is we believe somebody else instead of what the father says. And because we submitted to that, we've been stuck in bondage there. But he wants to redeem your mind. And so if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you could be saved. Just confess with your mouth, Jesus is my Lord. Believe in your heart that he loved you enough to die for your sins, to make an exchange, to take on your sins, and to give you his righteousness. You could be saved today. Pray this prayer with me. Precious God, come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus died for me, and I want to receive him as my Lord and my Savior. Be my father. Make me your child. Teach me how to live for you. If you've prayed that prayer, there's nothing anybody can do to stop you. The next step in your journey is to find a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church. And we want to help you with that. If you desire to be a part of my church, then just follow the instructions on the screen. We're a virtual ministry, but we've got all the components in place to help you grow and walk through. Just go to the website, lovemychurch.org, click contact us, fill out a connection card, and one of our ministers will get back with you, give you the next steps. We've got virtual study groups. We've got people who will pray with you, stay in contact with you, help you walk this thing out. And we want to help you in this journey, show you what it is to live for Christ. We'll even help you find a church in your area if you desire a physical location. But whatever it is, just let us know and we'll be glad to help you. Secondly, if you've been blessed by this ministry, our desire is to make sure that the word of God is available wherever people are available. So we make the word available on every device there is. We're on Every television, every computer, every smartphone, smart device, anything attached to the internet, you can get the word. And it's not just word from my church. We make sure that the word in all its forms, we have all kinds of Christian content available through this ministry. And if you are blessed by this ministry and the different forms of ministry that we, we produce and you want to help support us, sow a seed. You can use Cash App, dollar sign, my church Lynchburg, paypal.me forward slash my church Lynchburg, or you can use the GiveLify app. However, you desire to give, just know that your gifts will help us continue to do ministry, help us continue to grow and expand this platform. But just follow the instructions on the screen. But thirdly, if you've been blessed by this word and you know somebody else who needs it, make sure you share this word with somebody you know. Matter of fact, just make a commitment 
that I'm going to influence somebody else's life. That I have a purpose. And the word of reconciliation has been committed to me. So I'm going to now share this word with at least three people. So do that for me, please. But in any event, make sure you come back and watch with us again on next time. God bless you. I love you. I'm Pastor Tuck. And see you again on next time on the word at my church. God bless you. I love you. Stay tuned. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple, or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word at My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word at My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.